Um, I was continuing in our series in the Gospel of Luke. And I talked about the theme of unforced rhythms of grace. And that I put up a, a slide, a picture of a great big strong ox and a little boy in the yoke with the ox. And the ox was pulling a cart full of heavy stones and, and the little boy was working just as hard as he could, but he wasn't doing anything. The ox was doing everything. And how often I've felt myself like I'm straining and I'm sweating and I'm chafing and I'm going the, in every direction I can try to go. And the Lord is right there all the time saying, why don't you just get in the yoke with me and allow me to teach you the unforced rhythms of grace? I can't think of any, any better words to be able to say to the world around us. Jesus has grace for you right now. Would you pray? Uh, let me read uh, that scripture that uh, from the message translation. I took that, those verses, Matthew 11 because I believe it sets up Luke chapter 6 uh, very well. And when Jesus was talking about the, the Beatitudes, blessed are you poor, blessed are you who hunger now, blessed are you who mourn now. Um, Jesus broke into prayer and said, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticates and from know-it-alls. But you spelled out your ways clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. And then Jesus resumed talking to the people. So right in the middle of while he's talking, he, he just maintains that intimacy with the Father. He wasn't embarrassed to talk with the Father. Right in front of everybody, almost mid-sentence, it says abruptly, he broke into prayer. And then he looks back at the people. Oh, yes, you're still here, aren't you? The Father has given me all these things to do and to say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of the father-son intimacies and knowledge. Everything that Jesus did came out of the intimate relationship that he had with the father. Knowing the father, the father knowing him. And then he says, no one knows the, the father the way the son does, and no one knows the son the way the father does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Jesus came to show us the father, to show us a, an intimate relationship, knowing him, being known by him. So he says, are you, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to listen? And you say to Jesus today, Lord, show me the father. Show me intimacy with the father. Show, show me. Let me see what you have for me today to learn. Can you say that? I'm willing to listen. Let's all say that. Lord, I'm willing to listen. Let's say it again. Lord, I'm willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, we pray today that you will help us 
in a willing heart. Give us a free and willing spirit, O oh Lord, to walk with you, work with you, to, to constantly, Lord, be turning to you and declaring our trust in you so that you will teach us. Lord, because we are weak and we're tired and we are burned out on religion, but you're not religion. You are life. You are the way. And Lord, we want to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. <clears throat> I, I lost my temper this week in class. Yeah, I really did. And then I had to apologize. I have this boys' choir, and sometimes they, um, they, sometimes they act like 6th, 7th, and 8th grade boys. I can't figure that out. <laughs> you know, I call them. I said, you're men of excellence. I've been speaking that to them. You're men of excellence. We're going to sing with excellence. We're going to relate with excellence. And they just look at me like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway... Um, <clears throat> They actually can sing really well when they're singing and not goofing around. But I, I thought, oh, that's just one more example of how I'm not living in the unforced rhythms of grace. Because I'm trying to, trying to force, trying to, trying to, I'm working so hard here. A little help, Lord. Well, why don't you get in the yoke with me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace? He has so many lessons to teach us when we rest in him. In Luke chapter 6, and I, I'm not going there right now, I just want to remember, last week we talked about how Jesus said, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath word means to cease. The Sabbath means to rest. And, and so Jesus is the Lord of our rest. So when he says, come to me and learn of me, I'll show you how to rest, he knows what he's talking about. He is the source of our rest. He is the source of of our ceasing from our own efforts. And so I referenced one of my heroines and, and uh, probably one of yours, Mother Teresa. And this week I've been reading a book that was published posthumously after, after she died, some private writings that she sent to her confessors and her, her spiritual directors. And she asked them, when I, now please destroy these letters. I, I wouldn't want anyone to, to um, think I was suffering when I'm out among the people and I experience such, such joy in loving you and in seeing your face in the people that I'm, I'm touching and, and ministering to. She didn't want people to think she was having a hardship in loving people, but she was. She had made a vow that, Lord, I will not refuse anything you ask me to do. I will not refuse any sacrifice you ask me to make. And, and, and so God put on her heart to go to the untouchables, the poorest of the poor, the most unloved, those who, who had the least. She would go into their houses, and, and she described their house was, was one meter by three meters. And the whole family lived inside. That was their house. How, how big is that? About three feet by ten feet was their family house. 
and, and, and they would be so happy when she would come to visit them. And you've experienced this, haven't you? When you went to visit somebody in the hospital or, or when you went to encourage someone and maybe you weren't feeling, you know, real happy, but they cheered you up because when you touched them, when you reached out to them, when you took them a meal, you knew, oh, this is what life is all about. This is what I was created for. And so you felt encouraged. Am I right? Raise your hand. Am I right? Have you experienced that? You gave, you sacrificed, you called, you visited. And, and because you did that, you were, doing, you were doing the work of Jesus. And you felt Jesus' joy in you. So Mother Teresa lived outwardly the joy of Jesus, but inwardly, God allowed her to experience the darkness into which she was going. She said, if I ever become a saint, I will surely be one of darkness. I will continually be absent from heaven in order to light the light of those in darkness on earth. She had a sense of mission from Jesus who said to her, come, be my light. So that meant that she had to be willing to go into the darkness and even be able to identify with their darkness. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why we struggle so in sharing Jesus with people, in, in reaching out to them and in taking initiative toward them. It costs us something to identify with people in their pain. It brings up our own pain. We have to admit and deal with and accept the fact that we're, we're broken too. And, 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 and then in humility and brokenness and transparency with them, identify with them. Listen to their story. What is it like with you? What's, what's going on in your life? And, and then be able to say to them, Jesus has made a difference in my life, and he can make a difference in yours. Would you like to walk with Jesus? You see, we have, in the unforced rhythms of grace, we have a very simple way of sharing the gospel. And I think you've seen this drawn before. Can you see this is a pair of eyeglasses? All right, so, so the first thing is we need a vision. We need the vision of the intimacy of Jesus and his Father, and that walking with Jesus means we will come into his rest. He will teach us. He will show us how to live. And so by spending time with him, we come to saturation. I don't know if you can even see this from out there or if you'd like to draw it on your bulletin. Saturation. And so that is a sponge. And so you know that when a sponge is saturated and you squeeze it, whatever is inside that sponge is going to come out. And so if grace is, if you're full of grace, when you get pushed on, bumped and pressed, grace is going to come out of you. And the funny thing about grace and the kingdom of God, the more you give grace, the more what? The more you receive grace. The more you allow the unforced rhythms of grace to flow through you, the more you're going to have. There's no lack it's not like running to Walmart and searching for hand sanitizer right now. There's no lack. The more you give, wouldn't that be something to have 
a, a, a jar of hand sanitizers, and the more you give away, the more they get multiplied, like, like feeding the 5,000. Anyway, I divert. Um, saturation, vision, to see Jesus and his relationship with the Father, and to see that you can have that relationship with the Father, and that you can help other people come into that relationship with the Father through Jesus. Well, then spending time with him to be saturated with his grace and his love. Now, what happens after that? Anybody remember the third word? Yeah, you're, you got, yep, act, act, uh, activation, action, uh-huh, activation. Okay, so... Yeah, these boots are made for walking, somebody was singing when they saw my, my diagram there. By the way, my mother was an art teacher, can you tell? No, you can't. No, that, that gene, I, I, got the, I got the music gene from my dad and my sisters got the, the art gene passed on to my daughters, our daughters. But anyway, so vision, saturation, and activation. Now, now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Did you spend time with the Father? this week? Did you spend time in his presence? Did you call on his name in the midst of the difficulty? Um, in the, you know, oftentimes in class, I just stop and close my eyes. I'm in absolute wonderment at what's going on. <laughs> Sometimes it's beautiful, but many times it's not. It's just, it's perplexing. And I'll just close my eyes and wait for a minute, and uh, I, my, <laughs> my um, first teaching job, I taught high school choir and elementary band, and in the afternoon I would go, you know, teach elementary band, in the morning I had choir, and sometimes I would stand in front of that elementary band, and they're all trying to make those sounds on their instruments, and it sounded so awful. I would literally be praying out loud while they're playing. I'm standing there praying in the spirit and, and just worshiping God because, I mean, it was awful. <laughs> they actually got pretty good. But anyway, again, I digress. The unforced rhythms of grace, they don't disappear when you're in difficulty or trouble. That's when his grace is most available to us in our weakness his grace is made perfect. Have you experienced that? Just turning to him and saying, I am at the end of myself. I, am, I don't know what to do, where to go. I don't know who to talk to, what to say. I don't know how to pray. And then comes into your soul and into your spirit the light of Christ, the grace of God, and you know it's going to be all right. Have you experienced that? It's going to be okay. You can take the next step. You can get up. You can go. You can believe. You can sing. You can worship. You can pray. You can trust. You can give when you feel you have nothing else to give. And then you find, oh, I do have more to give because it's not coming from myself. Mother Teresa said, I must minister out of weakness. I must minister out of my lack, not, about, not out of my abundance. Mother Teresa never lost the keen awareness of her own weakness, limitation, and poverty. Only God's assistance, his constant grace, would make sustained faithfulness 
possible. You want to talk or hear stories about people who had grace in the midst of tragedy and difficulty? Do you know the story behind the song we sang this morning, It Is Well With My Soul? Um, a, a, a family, a, f- a father, I forget exactly what his position was, um, stateside, his wife and their children boarded a steamship for Europe. They were going to precede him. He was going to join them. The ship went down midway in the Atlantic. And when his wife arrived in Europe, sent a telegram saying, only I remain. He boarded the next steamship, and as they crossed the Atlantic, when they got to the spot that that steamship had gone down and his children died, the captain called him into his cabin and said, this is, this is the place where your children are at rest. He went back to his cabin and he wrote, it is well with my soul. I'll give you another one. Oh, I, I, I've forgotten or didn't know that. New York to try to save off Pedro. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Ron. They had already lost everything in the Chicago fire. Let me back up, back all the way into the mid-1800s. Do you know? No, 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 no. Further back. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. In the mid-1700s. Do you know the story behind Now Thank We All Our God? Do you know this hymn? Now thank we all our God with heart and hands and voices who wondrous things hath done in him his world rejoices who from our who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. Now that sounds like that was written in a happy time, wasn't it? Do you know the story behind now, thank we all our God, these words? He, you talk about a pandemic. He was alive and a pastor during the time of the, I think it was the bubonic plague, I'm not sure. He presided over the funeral, sometimes of scores of people, who were being buried at the same time. It was in the midst of of this atmosphere of death and fear, of want and lack and uncertainty about the future that he continued to write these words. Oh, may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. And then this third and final stanza. All praise and thanks to God the Father now be given, the Son and Him who reigns with them in highest heaven. The one eternal God whom earth and heaven adore, for thus it was, is now, and shall be evermore. You don't come by the faith of Mother Teresa or the author of It Is Well With My Soul or Now Thank We All Our God by having an easy life, by taking things for granted, 
by living in a kind of narcissistic, self-centered, self-protective way. We learn the grace of God when we need the grace of God. And if we are willing, as I said last week, to submit to Jesus and be in the yoke with him and not refuse him anything, say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll give what you want me to give. I'll be who you want me to be. Be in the yoke with Jesus. Then he will fill us with his unforced rhythms of grace. He'll slow us down and give us that Sabbath rest. He'll, he'll, he'll guide us when we're confused. See the relationship Jesus had with the Father. That is our relationship with the Father through Jesus. Be in that relationship. Be saturated with his presence. And he, he will activate you. Now, I, I, I said I would go through that simple way of sharing the gospel because we may really have opportunities to share with other people during this time when they ask, how can you be hopeful? How can you be confident? How can you have peace? How can you still be willing to be out among people giving or serving or helping? Well, remember, in the beginning, God what? God created the heavens and the earth and and. and Everything that is on the earth, and he created man and woman, and, and everything that God created was? It was good. God is good all the time. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen? Can you sing that? I, I don't mean, I mean, when, it's, when it doesn't feel so good, can you sing that? So, so God, listen. This is critical for us to believe because if when things are difficult, we blame God, we question God to the point where we turn away from him and walk away from him, then, then we'll experience what the writer of that other song that we sang today um, experienced. Um, what was the last song we sang? No, the, the third song we sang. Come thou fount of every blood. You know the story of that? Very quickly, the man who wrote that had a good relationship with Jesus Christ, but he walked away from Jesus Christ. And toward the end of his life, he was riding on a train, and there was a boy in a seat near him, and the boy was humming or singing that song. And he got up out of his seat, and he walked over to the boy, and he said, I would give anything to experience again what I felt when I wrote that hymn. Prone to wander. How's it go? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, I feel it, seal it, seal it for the courts above. Don't turn from him when he... Mother Teresa lived the last 40 years of her life in a sense of spiritual darkness within her soul. This is from her writings. God allowed her, even sent her into darkness, ministering the love of Jesus 
without the sense of his consolation and presence. She lived and moved in God by faith. She manifested joy everywhere she went. But within, when she was alone, darkness. You can read it in her writings. Darkness. I am alone. Where is God? And yet, at, this, at the end of that same letter, she said, I will always smile in your face. She had such saturation of God's presence. She never lost the vision of him, though she could not feel him. And so God activated her life. So the world is good. Now, um, he created Adam and Eve. And here's, here's my special strength, right? Drawing people. And they got one hand up, and they're smiling, and, and they're in the garden, loving life in unity. But you know that that's not how the story continued. We know that the wor- what happened in the world? Adam and Eve turned away from God. They fell into brokenness. And so here, I'm going I'm to put his head is hanging down and his arms are hanging down. He's sad. And, and she's turning the other way, and, and she also, her head is hanging down. Oh, she's really low. And, and she's, she's so sad. And <laughs> you can't do this on a PowerPoint. Now, so, so here they are, and they're broken. Their life is broken. Sin separated them from God, and death entered in. So we have a good creation, a good beginning, a good God, but now we have a broken world. We have broken relationships. And so we have all the fruit of that, sickness and fear and confusion. It's all around us, isn't it? It's everywhere. You can't turn on the TV without hearing it. It's panic, and it's it's protect yourself, and and it's, it's... Anyway, we don't need to go there. Now, but God had an answer. God had a plan. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God already knew that he was going to provide the way to heal, the way to restore, the way to bring back and manifest his goodness. And he would do it in his patterned son, the son of man, He would send Jesus in the human flesh to experience the temptations, the trouble, and the brokenness. Mother Teresa is an example of that. And so are you every time you reach out into the darkness to be light of God and to bring His love. You are that person. So so God had a way of restoring relationship with him. Moses, God told Moses to put a serpent on the pole and lift it up. And he said, whoever looks upon the pole will be, you remember? Healed. 
from this, where the serpent had been biting the people and they were dying. And everybody who looked on the serpent were healed. And Jesus said, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. And we look to you, Jesus. We hang your cross on our walls. We wear your crosses on our hearts. We make the sign of the cross. We bow before the cross. We sing about the cross. Because we never want to lose the vision of the restoration of God through Jesus Christ to us. So in at the foot of the cross where people are worshiping, they are rejoining together and they are finding hope and love and they're able to go then into the world because as we repent of our sin and believe the good news, the gospel, we become wounded healers. We become the light. We are the ones who are sent. And we are like a candle. The candle does not have a mind of its own to resist. The candle does not run away from the flame or the heat or the fire. The candle yields to the fire. It yields to the heat. And as it then reproduces that flame and that fire, there is fuel there for it to light the room, to light the way. That, brothers and sisters, is us. We by the power of God's grace, His unforced grace in us, is like the source, the wax. And your life is like the wick. And though it may be consumed, though you may suffer, though you and I may sacrifice and give and feel like we have nothing else to give, though, though some are called upon to be martyrs and some are called to work in isolation and some are called to go into the poorest of the poor, the most unloved, Wherever you go, you go as those who have been restored. Have this vision that you are one who has been saturated in God's presence with His love, with His gospel, with His good news. Sing His songs. Sing His praise. Sit in His presence and adore Him. Be filled with the vision of His goodness, His vision of the world, His vision of the patterned Son, Jesus, who would get up before dawn and go spend time with him, who would then be able to turn to people and say, blessed are you poor. Blessed are you who hunger now. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill, a light set on on a table, not under a bushel, not under the table. You are the light of the world. Let your good works so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus, Jesus, using me? Jesus, using us. For we are not alone. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We have the witness and the encouragement of the saints through the centuries. We have the fellowship 
of the mystical church, even on earth, the persecuted church, those who right now face suffering, those in prison, those proclaiming the gospel. We are one church, one mystical body. We are one with St. Teresa. We are one with the author of the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. The same faith, the same vision, the same saturation that was with the man who wrote, Now thank we all our God while presiding over all those funerals. Into this world of brokenness, we are the light of the world. We can draw three little circles on a napkin and show people God is good. He made the world good. But we know all around us, we can tell things are not good. Things are not working the way he intended. But he provided a way as we repent and believe and come into relationship with God through Jesus then we are sent into the world to restore his goodness until he comes again. We, we are the light of the world. Jesus. Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, he's so good to me. You love us so, you love us so, you love us so, you love us so, you're so good to me. I know there's other verses. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we asked at the beginning that you would help us to see, Lord, and um, Lord, to learn, to see and learn from you, to be willing to be in the yoke with you, be saturated in your love, in your goodness. Oh, Lord, saturate us with your goodness. We have so many lacks and so many needs, oh, God. Oh, Father, oh, fill us with your goodness. Oh, Lord, as your word says, you have. And, Lord, allow that goodness, that abundant life to overflow. Oh, God, activate us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Activate us, O oh God. Faith. Activate us with the good news of the gospel. Lord, we come against the fear of man, the fear of dying, the fear of being sick, and the fear of speaking in front of people. 
We come against it and we renounce you, fear. We renounce you, fear. We renounce you, fear. Would you say that with me? We renounce you, fear. We renounce you, fear. And instead, we say, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit as your witnesses and send us forth. Oh, Jesus. Richard, do you have anything? I feel there's... there's God's presence in the room, and there's, there's a word or a picture. There's something he wants to do. I don't know if that's, if somebody needs to come back to him, like the man who wrote that song. You need to come back to him. You need to come back and be restored. Come back to your first relationship with him. Or, or maybe you've allowed fear to control you. You want to renounce that fear. You want to be filled with his spirit. Last week, Nick gave the invitation to come and receive prayer. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be saturated. Believe the gospel. Believe the good news. Be the good news. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're, we're here to pray with you listen with you to what God would say. So once more, is God showing anything to anybody that you need to share or say or just come and receive prayer about or pray with somebody here? Last night we had a beautiful time of worship here. And um, one of the baristas, Tommy Littlejohn, a student at Southwestern Christian University, and she was beautifully leading worship with Kendra, just ministering to God. I felt like God gave me a word for her. I came up and shared it with her afterwards, that God had given her songs in the night, songs to sing in the darkness, songs that created life. I said, you are God's nightingale. A nightingale is a symbol of, of not only purity and virtue, but of, of creativity and uh, of new life. And that's, that's who the church is. We are God's singer, and we have God's song. So I think we should close with singing something. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.